Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans for fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. All right, welcome, Brewer fans, uh, to another Broker Review podcast. Uh, my name is Craig. Joining me today is Vince and Scott. How's it going, fellas? Hey, Craig. Um, yeah, it's been, what, probably 10 minutes since Stearns has made a move, so I'm starting to get antsy. <laughs> hey, yeah. uh, guys, do we, have, do, we have, do we have chat on the set? Um. Chad is hibernating with his favorite team. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yep. So. Um, Wait, second yeah. favorite team. Brewers is his first love, always. That, that was not always. fair for me to say. I should have clarified. All right. Go ahead, Craig. I'm Blue, sorry about that. Blue, that uh, Stern is definitely doing his stopping early this year rather than uh, I guess last year I guess you could say he kind of did it on some Christmas Eve shopping and got us uh, some pretty key players at the kind of last minute um, when he, we got yes, Monty Grandal and uh, Mike Mustagas as we were approaching spring training um, obviously two key pieces that we have not lost to via free agency <coughs> excuse me but um yeah, Stearns has gotten right to work, and uh, he's been busier than any other GM in baseball in the last couple of weeks. Um, we've added, what, at least five to seven guys to the 40-man roster since uh, some of his trades on the end of November. So you're talking about a three-week, four-week period of time where he's um, done quite a bit of work. So um, what's your, I guess, before we get into more specific players he signed this week, what's your all overall take on uh, Stern's aggressiveness thus far? Uh, I like it. You know, I think that what you're seeing right now is kind of a it, – it's weird because a lot of the guys that we've lost, you know, are bigger names. And I think there's some frustration out there by some fans that maybe, you know, David Stearns has not been willing to – to spend money yet this off season, but I do see generally the plan that he's, he's using. And I think that it's interesting. He's managed to bring in players who are fairly similar in terms of numbers who are going to cost significantly less money and hopefully provide the brewers with a bit more payroll flexibility to go out and get, I, I still hope a bigger starting pitcher. Uh, I don't know who that would be at this point, but um, you know, I know that a lot of the targets we've identified have since signed with other teams, but I still think that the brewers have got to, be looking at doing one more major move yet before this offseason is done and hopefully have found ways to replace uh, the guys that we've lost in Moustakis and Grandall, um, you know, and, and others, uh, I guess, in the last month or so. Yeah, I mean, I guess part of the reason why he's so busy is because, um, I mean, at, at some point, I think we only had about, what, 30, 32, 33 people on our 40-man roster. So we, we had a lot of moves that needed to be made. Um, having said that, uh, this is definitely a, I guess, a patchwork job. It looks like we've, you know, obviously signed some players that can be good at some things, but um, I, I'm not sure if, if any of them are considered like every day, like this person has this position completely solidified and they're going to play every day. Like it's not that kind. It's, it's a lot of role players and uh, a lot of depth pieces. So uh, we'll see if there's a bigger move to be made. Have you? Has anybody talked to um, our inside source, Tom Carter, to see if uh, he has heard anything yet? Um, Craig, I think talked to him, but Scott, remember we don't. For want to purposes of that, yeah, I'll just call him T. Carter. Um, yeah, but um, yeah. Um, sorry, T Tom. T. Carter. We like to call him T. C. But his real name, I think. Thomas, but Thomas. anyway, the um, he thinks that the Brewers will not sign a huge name free agent, and at this point, really the only kind of guy out there that wouldn't even qualify for that is Josh Johnson. And I asked PC um, if we're in on Josh Johnson, he says we are not. There is no chance, according to PC, that we will be signing Josh Johnson. So. 
mm-hmm. think that with a grain yeah. of salt, if you will, but it is our anonymous source, so um, yeah, it's pretty valid. Well, and this is not, um, you know, like Tom, he's a straight shooter. I mean, he's not like Doug Melvin where he says that and then we sign Josh Donaldson like a week later. Um, you know, it's not like that. So we're not going to, you know, report something that isn't true, obviously. We're going to give you all the rumors that, with zero credibility that we have. He also says that we're out on Ryu and Keiko as well. What? Oh. So, I did not know that. All right. Maybe there's a big trade in the works. Um, very possible there. Yeah, we should, yeah, we should talk we should talk about that guys because the 40 man roster is now full with the moves this week and we should get into the specifics of, you know, the the couple moves that were made, but the the signings this week has pushed the 40 man to completely full. We have a whole glut of infielders. I have to think that Orlando Arcia at this point is the odd man out. I don't know if you guys are picking up that that same sense that I am, but I really think that Orlando Arcia's days as a brewer are number are numbered. Uh, would you guys agree with that? Yeah, in fact, uh, again, I don't give all the credit to TC, but uh, Tom did, Mr. Carter did uh, mention that the Brewers are trying to swing a trade, or several different trades, um, and he thinks that we'll land one more trade that may involve as one of the pieces, Orlando Arcia going out to another franchise. And he um, he thinks that's one of the reasons why we signed a former brewer, Eric Sogard, uh, earlier this week. So I guess maybe we want to start by talking about that move um, also. But before, before we go forward, I guess, Scott, what are your thoughts about the Brewers, uh, you know, keeping – RCA are moving on. Um, I, I think RCA has has the potential still to be um, a solid major league player, but I don't think he will be doing it in a brewery uniform. So, who do you think we would package him for? Not a specific player, but what type of position you know are we looking to fill by trading a guy like RCA? And what kind of value does he have at this point? Um, I actually think he is not very much value at all that's the problem like i can't even imagine him being like the headliner or the like the big trade ship that that we're going to offer i think he has to be it has to be a package deal and i think he's thrown in with with somebody else and uh potentially with um you know how like right now hater is going to start to get paid and because of that um the Brewers are potentially looking to move him because he's starting to get expensive. Um, I think that obviously other teams, everybody, every other team has somebody like that. We're going to be looking at somebody like that to uh, potentially bring on board to um, fill one of our areas of need. Yep. I I agree. It could very well happen. We'll see. Um, And uh, again, speaking to that, uh, Eric Sogard, former Milwaukee Brewer, um, who just two years ago hit 134 for us and we end up releasing him, has somehow, after having a pretty phenomenal season last year with the Toronto Blue Jays, where he hit over 300 uh, with power somehow, um, came back um, and signed a one-year deal with the Brewers for $4.5 million. Um, I was yeah, with a little them- shocked about the amount that we gave them. Um not uh totally shocked that we re-signed them, uh given our needs, but that that surprised me a little bit. But what are you guys take on that signing? And the dollar amount was interesting and I'm not sure what other offers he was receiving. There were some reports out that our well it wasn't our colleague Tom Watercourt that found it because he's not really asking those types of questions. But um I heard some reports that he was being courted by the Chicago Cubs who didn't want to go that high uh on Sogar dollar wise, which um, it's interesting. I, I personally wouldn't have given him that much money. Um, last year, he had a great, you know, he had, did have a great season, 110 games. He hit 290, 353 OBP, which was interesting, um, and did manage to hit 13 home runs, um, as you said, between Toronto and uh, Tampa Bay, where he ended the year. But, um, I mean, Sogard does fill a role with the Brewers. He had a very poor 2018 here in Milwaukee. He had a pretty decent 2017 um, so one of those guys that there is some upside, but um, I don't know if it's close to $5 million worth of upside. 
Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see that. And I, I think that the other thing that we have to keep in mind is that uh, this was a guy that when when basically playing every day, he was pretty good with the Brewers. But then um, when he kind of sort of fell into that part-time role, he really struggled. Like, I, I don't know if this is a guy that really needs to get, um, you know, it needs to be in the lineup every day in order to be successful. Uh, if that's the case, I'm a little bit worried about this signing because I, I don't see uh, Sogard as, as an everyday player. I think he, he would be a phenomenal backup, uh, much sort of like Hernan Perez was for us last year. You know, he can play uh, right. different positions. Um, and if somebody goes down, he, he can be serviceable. But I, I don't want to see him in the starting lineup uh, every day or, or even on a semi-regular basis for that matter. But great backup player. Well, yeah, and that's, that's, the, that's the thing. I was just going to say, what role is he going to play and what role is he expected to play? And I think that's why so much depends on what happens to Arcia here, um, you know, in the coming weeks before spring training starts. But, um, you know, Scott, like you said, I think his most valuable role is off the bench. The guy can play second or short, uh, maybe even third if need be, uh, even some outfield he played for us a couple of years ago. So, uh, to me, that's his value. That's how you maximize him. Well, I gotta believe that he's kind of like an emergency black backup plan to uh, almost a lot of different things that could uh, dominoes that could fall one way or another for the rest of the offseason for the Brewers. And maybe that's why Stearns wanted to grab him now and 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 make sure he was there because to be a, serve as a backup plan. Because even if he if he trades Arcia, uh, I would think that Luis Urias would get the starting shortstop nod and Sogard would be there as kind of an emergency backup if he were to falter. And uh, also, if we're not able to acquire either via trade or free agency signing, a better third baseman that we currently have on the roster, which I guess technically really the only third base candidate on the roster as we speak is Ryan Healy, even on the 40-man in general. Um, and um, Sogard obviously can play a third, too. Healy bats right-handed, Sogard bats left-handed. There's some speculation based on the amount of money we give Sogard is that maybe it's you know, not even he's not even the backup shortstop option, but or emergency shortstop option, but he's actually possibly thought of as one half of a platoon with Ryan Healy at third. Um, I think myself and most Brewer fans would be a little bit disappointed if that's the actual plan, but maybe that's a combined backup plan uh, for third base. Because if we get a better third baseman, then Sogard still has value as that depth piece and that utility, Hernan Berhez role. But if we and of course then Ryan Healy would just get option of the minors, um, and you know that third baseman would you know stick right in there. So, but if that doesn't happen for whatever reason, that maybe that's just the backup option. I guess that's my way of looking at because otherwise giving him that much money really doesn't make that much sense. It just seems like you know with that much money they're giving him, they feel like he's going to play a huge role in the 2020 Brewers in some fashion. Do you guys do you guys think that uh, Urias could play some third base? He played, I think, just one game there last season, or actually at all in the big leagues. But um, is there a possibility that Urias could be given the starting third base job if we don't find somebody else in the next few weeks? I think that he probably could play there, but I think his value as a hitter is probably best left in the middle infield. So my guess is that that's where they probably leave him. However, if they did want him to play third, then they he'd probably not start the year there if he only has one game of experience. I mean, not that he can get some experience in spring training, but he may then start the year in the upper minor. So we'd still have to have another, and maybe the Healy Sogard platoon would be the backup plan until your ass was like ready or something. But that's only if we keep Arcia. So there's, there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of ins, a lot of outs here, a lot of, um, you know, but I think there's tons of flexibility on some of these guys. And so I think both in the options of the minors and places where they could play um, and moving on from them and all that stuff. And e even you mentioned that the 40-man roster is now full. There's a handful of guys that say, you know, up to five guys in the 40-man that could be jettisoned without, you know, you know, much thought yeah. to it if there was a trade or another acquisition or even a free agent sign. So, uh, but, you know, it does mean that, you know, there's – it's signals to me that there's probably only one or two more moves for the rest of the offseason for the Brewers, in my opinion. I, I'll, I'll go on record as saying uh, they'll definitely try him there. Like, I think whether it's uh, spring training, like if by the time spring training rolls around, if, if we still are looking at 
all of our options at third base. He's going to play a little third, and we're going to see if he can do it. Um, I mean, Stearns obviously values that versatility, and I think he's always uh, looking at players trying to uh, potentially look at other different positions for them just to um, make themselves more versatile and thereby make themselves more valuable to the team. Um, one thing I wanted to quick throw out about Sogard, and I was really surprised about this when I looked over at his stats. I remember that Sogard obviously had a very surprising and, and a very good 2017 with Milwaukee. And I remember in 2018, he was absolutely atrocious. Um, mm-hmm. And we kind of, I thought we stuck with him a, a little bit too long even. Um, and then he had spent some time in the minors and still was like, it just having a, a real go of it. Like he just was not succeeding at all. But I think we could all agree that last year, um, he was very successful as well. Um, you had already mentioned, like, he was hitting close to 300. He was getting on, like, uh, like a 350 on base or something like that. So I, I wanted to throw this out there. 2018, how many plate appearances do you think he had with the Brewers? Like, I could, I'll tell you what I thought it, it was, and you could just ballpark it. In 2018? Yeah. Hmm. Play appearances or a bat, Scott? Just play appearances for for the purpose. I, I would guess I would I would guess about a hundred because he was sent down to the minors at one I think two different points and was released and then came back on a minor league contract and may have come back up when rosters expanded in September. I can't can't remember actually. I'll say three hundred. See, I I had expected it to be around two hundred fifty. It was a hundred and thirteen plate appearances. Like I mean. It's such a small sample that, I mean, obviously we know that he was struggling, but, I mean, where is the real Sogard? When you look at the last three years, like, it still averages it out to a very good player. So uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe I was a little bit too hard on him just based on that. I mean, I I just remember his 2018 being so bad. But, um, you know, I now I look at it and I'm like, hey, maybe this guy can bounce back. I think I think he was dealing with some injuries in 2018 too. I want to say, if I remember correctly, but I could be wrong on that. We'll have to have the interns look that up. But I think I think that there were some injury concerns with Sogard in 2018. I think he fits that Hernan Perez versus you know all play all, all over the place utility infielder role so well that I think that's really the Brewers' plan for him for 2020. But with that being said, I still think he'll get a ton of at bats, way more than 2018 because of the fact that uh, this, you know, 26th man, um, you know, I really believe, you know, Stern will probably use that for another hitter. And I don't think he'll be shy to make defensive replacements late in the game or, you know, pinch hitting appearances and all that stuff. So I think he's going to play quite a bit um, regardless. But if their other plan is to even have him a, a half of a starting role, like a platoon, I think it's kind of a mistake. Uh, and, you know, he's obviously a fan favorite with the nerd power and all that good stuff. But, with that being said, if he's struggling, Burr fans are, or any fans are just fine with, you know, moving on from him. As I remember them being in 2018. So um, it's interesting that I, that the money we gave him seems that we're going to be committed to him to be, have a role on this team the whole year going forward. And um, like it or not, I, I think he's still a pretty solid player for that role. Well, we should probably um, maybe put a button on this and then uh, talk about the, uh, the other big, acquisition that we signed for slightly less than Sogard, if, I, if I'm right? I don't know. Oh, absolutely. Um, well, and that, that came the very next day where the Brewers um, went ahead and signed um, former Blue Jay, uh, Justin Smoke, first left-handed hitting, or actually foot-hitting yep. first baseman um, that um, we signed a one-year, $4 million contract with a club option for I think five and a half million um so I I'll let you guys comment on it first I mean in, in a weird way it's kind of the flip of Sogard season last year in the sense that uh Justin Smoke went from having two very good years in 2017 and 2018 to having a you know ostensibly very poor year last year I think he had 208 um but that being said there is you know room to to believe that Smoke was a bit unlucky last year with his uh, batting average on balls in play uh, numbers being a little better than his what his final batting average was. And he also still managed to post a 342 OBP last year, which I think is pretty impressive given his batting average. Um, 
he draws walks. He's got a good eye. Uh, he's got some power. He had 22 home runs last year, and he had 38 just a couple of years ago. Um, so, I mean, I for the dollar amount and the, the fact that it's not a huge commitment in terms of years uh, or money, I think it's a it's a good signing. And if you're going to, you know, try to replace Eric Thames, who it seemed that the Brewers were uncomfortable with giving a, you know, a, a dollar amount kind of in the 7.5 to $8 million range, um, I think that this was a, a good option. I think that given the buyout with Thames, that the savings comes out to like $1.5 million, uh, I think is what our, our intern said. So um, overall, I, I think the production is going to be fairly similar with, uh, you know, maybe, maybe smoke having a bit higher of an upside actually. And, and plays better defense. I should say that too. Yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, I had, discussed with you guys when the signing first came through. I mean, when I look at first base, pretty much all I'm looking at is um, a guy that can get on base, sock some dingers, and play a, a respectable amount of defense. And uh, he checks all the boxes there. Uh, like you said, he um, – I mean, it, it's hard to get too pumped up about anybody that hits that hit 208 last year. Um, I mean, but at the same time, um, he's, he's done a really good job. Like, um, he's still – He's still obviously hitting home runs. He's still like like he had pointed out, like getting on base at that kind of a clip uh, is pretty phenomenal um, for somebody that's hitting that low. Yeah. You just figure like if this guy could put it, uh, could get back on track like he has the last couple of years and even hit like two forty, then all of a sudden, um, you know, you have a you have an on base that's you know approaching four hundred. Close to so, four hundred. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think exactly. average over. I think his average near 250 that on base percent of creeps are at 400, which is pretty good. Um, and I think his power is real and it's still there. He's not really in his, he's just exiting his baseball prime, I guess. I think he's like 33. Um, and so he, you know, was once a top 10 first round pick way back in the day, uh, I think the Rangers and never really fulfilled his promise as a, as a younger uh, player. But like you guys pointed out, he had a couple probably prime years a couple of seasons ago. And so he's not going to be too far off of that. I think he's got, especially at Miller Park, probably 25 to 35 home run power we can expect out of him. And I do think his average will go up in our, you know, hitting with us as a home park too. So I expect some pretty decent numbers out of him. I was actually pretty excited about the signing just because I looked at the free agent list of first baseman out there and he stood out to me as the best player left. And I, I'm kind of shocked we got him for that cheap, actually. Like, if you would have told me we'd have to pay more in 2020 for Eric Sogard to be on the team than we would for Justin Smoke, I would have been like, what? Uh, so, um, yeah. I guess with those two signs in back-to-back days, it kind of made itself stand out anymore. But I thought that was a really good bargain for a pretty solid, not spectacular, even all-star-level player, but a pretty solid player. And that, that those walks he draws are huge. As we saw last year with Brando, he walked over 100 times. I mean, Justin Moak has that good of a batting eye. If he can hit 250, he can walk between 70 and 100 times. I mean, that's a really pretty solid player. Um, so, and again, switch hitter. And I guess with all this roster moves and bringing Abisar Garcia, it looks like he's just going to be the heavy side of the platoon at first base with Braun getting a pretty decent share of that bat there as well. So, I think that'll make his numbers even better because obviously I think he played every day as a switchover for the, for the Blue Jays. I think he's a little bit cutter hitter from the left-hand side. And uh, and if those are his majority of bats, he can put up some pretty, pretty solid numbers. In the so. Yeah. Um, no, that makes a lot of sense, Craig. I, I, again, I'm excited about it. I think that part of it too, with a guy who gets on base, it's such a good clip like Smoke does is trying to make up for a guy like Yasmani who walked a ton last year. You know, people forget how many times the guy walked. Uh, I think he only hit, not only, but he hit like 248 or something, but he had a ton of walks that really increased his value um, a lot. So I think I think part of signing a guy like Smoke is to make up for maybe a lack of uh, other guys in the lineup who, who can get on base at the same clip uh, as a guy like Smoke can. And, I mean, if, if Smoke has a year like he did with, two or three years ago, his numbers will look very similar to what Yasmani gave us in the catcher position last year. So it's kind of a way to replace that in a different position almost. Um, and Eric Thames, he was kind of a favorite of mine. Um, but if we were saving any money by moving on from him for a similar, similar player, um, I think it, it makes sense. Now, obviously, Smoke can't play the outfield like Thames can, so that versatility is gone. 
But I do think he does play pretty good, really good uh, defensive first baseman, like you pointed out, Vince. And I think that's actually an underrated quality. People seem to just, you know, want to put the worst defender on your team at first base, but I don't think that's always smart. They were doing some scuttlebutt after the signings of uh, Urias, who obviously played second base in last year for the Padres in the minor league, that maybe we'd move Keston Hira over to first because he's pretty terrible at second baseman thus far in his career. But I actually think that he would struggle at first base defensively too. I mean, he's a little bit smaller in stature and, uh, you know, he wouldn't be able to, you know, even those defensive things that don't show up in the stat sheet, like stretching for um, the ball at first base and stuff like that, I don't think Kesson Hero would be that great at. Whereas Justin no, I agree. is a huge target um, over there at first base. So I, some of those things I think get overlooked. And I, I think Justin Smoke is a really good, solid player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I played first base for a long time. So, yeah, thanks for saying that, Craig. I agree. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, wow, in the last month, Stearns has literally made two big trades, like five or six trades and signings, and really more active than any GM in baseball. And we also have lost a ton of talent, obviously non-tendering so many players, and then um, – and then um, – obviously losing those four key free agents and Grandal, Moustakis, Pomeranz, and Lyle, um, you know, that's a lot of talent. And I think that he's done a pretty good job to replace those guys on a cheap. Now, one thing that I think Brewer fans got excited about when we made that roster purge, so to speak, uh, some of it voluntarily and some of it involuntarily by not, you know, losing those guys at free agency, all of a sudden they got back and looked at the roster like, oh, as of the end of November, we have, six or seven uh, open roster spots. And we also have $45 million less in payroll than last year. All right, let's go sign some Strasburgs and what, and, uh, you know, Rondones and all this stuff. Well, obviously that's not the reality of the small market finances and uh, Stearns knows that, but they still have been holding out hope that we'd sign one mid-tier free agent uh, or something like that to get excited about. And, there's not that many people out there that are even left like that. It's our positions of need a third base and, and uh, starting pitcher. And not, it's not like starting to sign someone at a non-position of need and figure the rest out, uh, too. But I don't – if people are holding their breath on that, I, I don't think there's going to be a big signing coming, guys. I just don't. There may be a big trade, but I don't think there's another big free agent signing with any player any more quality than Justin Smoke going forward. No, and that's that's kind of why I'm holding out hope that that potentially there could be a trade to take on a little bit more payroll because, um, I I mean I'm not saying like Brewer fans are greedy at this point because we did make the playoffs back to back years and we've never had had three years in a row in the playoffs and I know um, as a fan like I'd obviously love to see that but um, I guess the problem that I have with it is when you look at a lot of these signings you look and say hey that was a pretty good deal. Um, and that's great. And uh, we're going to do a good job of getting um, a good amount of wins for what our payroll is. But that's not um, that's not how you win in baseball. Like that's a, a great equation, and it's definitely something to you get a couple brag points for it. But you have to basically win ninety games in order to uh, to make the playoffs. Now, is this a ninety win team? Uh, I I don't know. I, I, I'm not very confident that it is. I, I guess anything's possible, but as it stands right now, I don't necessarily see that. So you don't get a trophy for just getting, you know, the like if you get like 80, you know, wins or whatever it is for, oh, well, we did that on such a low payroll. Great job. Like, who cares? Like, you need to get at least 90 wins. you got to make the playoffs. And so um, that's really, I think, where some of that frustration as a fan is stemming from. But the payroll is back up to, I think, over $100 million now, and so we're only $20, $25 million short of what we were at last year. I think um, it's really smart to kind of leave some room to add payroll if we are in contention come the middle of the season and we can really go out and take on a big contract or something like that. And we had talked a little bit about this in the last podcast, Scott, but there was some thought out there that the Brewers would maybe take on a bad contract from a different team to kind of add another prospect or two to the farm that's kind of weak at this point. Um, but at this point of the offseason, I don't see that happening unless it is someone like a Kyle Seeger, someone who can play third base. But 
I don't know that uh, that'll even happen at this point. I really think that, uh, that they're not really interested in that. Yeah, but we should also, I mean, we should also point out, guys, it is still December. I mean, there is time yet before spring training and opening day, certainly, to to make a move. And if we've learned anything, it's that Stearns knows how to be creative. So I'm I'm, I'm thinking that what we have now is not what we're going to end up with. You know, there is going to be something that happens and transpires here in the next few weeks or the next month that um, will shake things up and we'll probably add to payroll. And I, I don't think that it's it's a done deal yet for this offseason at this point. But- they always seem to do something big the week before the Brewers on deck at the end of January, don't they? Yeah, we always resign <laughs> somebody then or sign. Yeah, exactly, man. So we'll see. I mean, Stearns, if nothing else, he will not be idle uh, and rest on his laurels and look forward, uh, but we'll see. And I know we got a couple uh, of our Twitter polls to talk about, Scott, before we wrap up and everything here, but I just wanted to quick throw out there as a little kind of mini around the horn here. Um, just based on our free agents we've signed in the last month, Name the free agent that you're most excited about and least excited about of uh, the guys that we've signed. Uh, Scott, you start us off. Um, I guess I think I'm most excited about uh, Omar Narvaez just because um, the really – I thought we said free agents. Oh, let's... Yeah, just the free agents. Oh, okay, oh, just the free agents. Okay, well then uh, – then I think it – yeah, then I, I guess I I kind of have to give it to, to Justin Smoke. We just talked so much about him. But, like, um, I, I think he's really primed up for a bounce-back year at Miller Park. Um, and, you know, I mean, at this point, he's a patient hitter. I really uh, appreciate that. And I, I think he'll be able to, yeah, to bounce back and, and have a, a really nice year. And yeah. your least uh, – the afraid and your least excited about, Scott? Oh, free agent I'm least excited about. Um, let's see. Jace Peterson? <laughs> <laughs> that technically counts. That's, Go that's, ahead, a good, that's a good one, Scott. Boy, I would pretty much echo that. <laughs> Alex um, Claudio again? No, I don't know. <laughs> I, all right. I'm going to go, I think, most excited about uh, I like your pick of smoke, Scott, but just in the interest of being different, I guess I'll say, uh, uh, yeah, I guess we'll go with Garcia. I mean, I think that he adds some stuff to the team in terms of being able to give the Brewers some positional flexibility, you know, by being able to, to put him and plug him into the outfield mix. I think that does allow us to really utilize the smoke Braun combination at first base a little bit more or have Braun in the role that I think is best suited for him, which is coming off the bench, late in games, or playing first base at times, and, and, and certainly still being in the outfield mix, but not being relied on to start every day in left field. So I'll go Garcia uh, as the one I'm most excited about. Least excited about, um, okay, we got from the Tiger, Ronnie Rodriguez. Yeah, we'll just go with him. I don't know much about him, though. <laughs> I have a feeling that um, neither of those guys will make the team. Um, but uh, so again, that's not something I'm excited about. I agree with you guys. But um, I also, I actually my 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 take will be the smoke for the one I'm most excited about. Also, just because I, I have a feeling he's got a bounce back season in him at least, and that uh, we could really benefit the Brewers. Um, but I actually have a for some reason I'm excited about Ryan Healy much more than the other Brewer Brewer fan. <laughs> uh, he might not even make the starting rotate. Uh, third base spot obviously but I think just having him there as a nice depth option piece is kind of cool but I'll go with Smoke for my official answer and the free agent I'm least excited about and everyone already knows this but it's Brett Anderson I, <laughs> I'm just that signing really set me off um, in the negative direction just because I wanted the Brewers to sign at least one I, the Lindblom signing made sense because I think there's some upside there and He's got this new splitter pitch. He's coming back from Korea with a couple of seasons of huge success, but he's past his kind of prime and he still could show something though. And I think he could be like our sneaky uh, Jordan Lyles-esque pick uh, for this year. But to add another, you know, bottom of the barrel free agent and Brett Anderson uh, into the starting rotation, if he's going to be stealing innings away from like Freddie Peralta or Burns even in the rotation in 2020, I think it's a waste of signing. Not only that, he's injury prone. He doesn't miss bats. Uh, so you don't want to put a guy at Miller Park that 
pitches to contact, do you? I mean, everyone's trying to claim that this is going to be Wade Miley 2.0, but I think it's just going to be a disaster. And it frustrates me because I really thought there was a lot of other kind of one-step-up free agent pitchers out there that could be had on one-year deals. Like we just saw Julio Teheran sign a one-year $9 million with the Angels. And another guy out there, uh, Taiwan Walker, I really like because they're still under 30 and they have some upside. Brad Anderson is not. Um, he does pitch from the left side. He's got that benefit. But I just think it's a terrible signing. It could blow up in their face. But I actually thought less of Wade Miley at the time, too. So I could be completely wrong. But I'm definitely not excited about Brad Anderson in any well, way, shape, or form. Well, <laughs> well Craig, just to, just to play devil's advocate, though, I mean, how could it blow up in our face? Like we didn't commit years or dollars to him. Really. It was a small contract in the grand scheme. Of well, that's what I mean. Just like those, for, just like for a starting guys, pitcher, um, but he has a starting pitcher though, who had a 3.89 ERA last year. And I think, I mean, just to finish that thought, I think one thing that at least I learned last year when we decided to go at the beginning of the year with Woodruff, Peralta and Burns in the starting rotation to start off the year, we ended up having to go sign Gio Gonzalez in May because, we couldn't rely on those three guys. So Woodruff obviously had a great year, but Peralta, who I still think does have some upside, I hope that he can be a reliable contributor to our starting rotation. And I think he still gets reps even with Anderson in the fold. Corbin Burns, like, I, I want him to do well, but I have zero faith in Corbin Burns being in the starting rotation in 2020. I mean, I hope, I hope I'm wrong about that. But I think that for, you know, David Stearns not to take a low risk. I hope you're guy, right. Who, who had a who had a sub four ERA last year and thirteen you know thirteen and nine record and I think you know yeah granted he was pitching in Oakland so the the confines of Oakland are different than you know Miller Park but. yeah but just like Sogard's twenty nineteen was kind of an anomaly and everyone knows it I think the same thing with Fred Anderson's twenty nineteen season prior to that yeah but he's he had, just... he's had he's had years where he had sub three ERAs too I mean so he had a you know, I, I again, I just think for the dollar, it's not like we signed him to a three-year. Yeah, I mean, we can cut bait and move on from him, but to me, it's a waste of a roster spot where we should have been targeting a guy with more upside. But I mean, that's a. Do you think? Part do you think the Cor- Yeah, but do you think the Corbin Burns is going to be on the opening day roster? I mean, that's that's the question that I would throw out. No, most likely not. But he is on the forty man. He's going to stay there. Like at this point, we don't have any spots in the on the sport. To me, Bray Anderson is a waste of a spot even on the 40-man. I mean, I just would want yeah. to – if we're going to be so cheap going all the way around all the other positions, we could have at least signed one more exciting free agent than Justin Smoke, especially for the starting rotation. All and right, that guys. didn't happen. Um, but Abbasale Garcia is an exciting free agent. He's we're going to have to agree to disagree on this one. Really quick, we have like <laughs> 20 seconds to go. 75% of you say that we're going to make a big move before opening day. And uh, 39% of you say we're going to finish second place. 32% say third place. And 23% say first place. You can find it all at Brew Crew of You One at Twitter. Uh, really appreciate the, the feedback that you guys give. And always happy to answer any questions and interact with you guys there. Um, also, if you are listening to this podcast, uh, please tell a friend, tell a family. You know, when you get together for the holidays, tell them how great this podcast is. It's okay to lie to them. It's the holidays. Um, and hopefully uh, you'll be nice enough to show some Christmas cheer and maybe throw a five-star review our way. Lord knows we need them. Uh, anything else that you guys want to add? No? Well, I, I, I guess the, the, based off the poll, it seems like Burr fans – Still waiting for that big move to come. Um, what are your thoughts on whether or not that's going to happen, Scott? And if you do, like, throw out any particular names of interest still um, that are still out there unsigned? Um, I don't know that it's going to be somebody unsigned, although I, I would actually uh, – I would be okay with literally just throwing, like – 15 to 20 million for a year with Ryu. Like I think it would be really important for us to, um, to have some kind of an ace pitcher. Um, but having said that, um, I, I don't know. I think that it's going to be more likely to something that that's going to happen by way of a trade. And. All right. And to dovetail off that then, do you, do you are think we getting, Burr... are we getting Gavin Lux for Hader? 
I was gonna say, do, do you guys, do either of you guys, gun to your head, do you guys think that a trader had trader a, a hater trade will happen before <laughs> the a hater trade will happen before the um, start of the 2020 Brewer season? Uh, I mean, I think that the chances are not high, but I also think that it's definitely still possible. I'm not trying to give a non-answer, but I think. I think that because he's still got four years of team control left and he's still not going to be making outrageous, outrageous money yet. Um, I don't think it's likely, but I don't think it's impossible. So if it gives turns a lot of leverage. So if he's able to negotiate a, a trade that would, you know, make the brewers better in a couple different areas, I could definitely see it happening. Um, Hitter has a lot of value. I don't know that his value is ever going to go up, you know, so there is that to consider as well. So, um, we would obviously create a huge hole in our bullpen if we were to trade Hater, and I don't know how we fill that, but um, you know, potentially. I I personally don't think it's going to happen. Not before opening day. Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I know we don't have a lot of trade chips, but man, after just seeing what Kluber went for, I'm like, we can absolutely get some some decent pieces uh, without having to give up the farm. That's for sure. So. Um, yeah, I just don't. I don't see it happening. It, if you trade Hater, you've got to number one. You're going to adjust your, you know, team pitching philosophy because you're not going to be able to rely on the bullpen in the same way that you have the last couple of seasons. So you'd have to sign a Ryu or somebody else to, you know, provide more stability to the rotation. And you're also banking on a big comeback for Corey Knable and maybe even uh, Wall, the guy that we got from the Mets, being a bigger part of the bullpen. Guys coming back from injuries that we're not really thinking about as much right now. Um, providing some stability out there. But even so, I don't know how you replace that left-handed just, you know, whirlwind of, of force coming out of the bullpen like we have with Hater at this point. The trade would have to be really good. Well, after all the free agent signings, now it seems like our two biggest needs are still, I guess, upgraded starting pitching. And, well, the biggest one is still third base. Um, just hypothetically, both of you guys quick answer this. If a deal was proposed to trade Josh Hader where the Mets third base left-handed hitting third baseman Jeff McNeil was the headlining piece for a Josh Hader trade would you guys be interested in that Scott I'm just gonna say no it's close but no If I'm trading uh, Hater right now, I gotta be blown away. Like you said, four years of control. It's a lot. Yeah, I keep going back and forth between that four years of control versus are we selling him now at his highest value when like can his stock go up at all? And I don't think that it can necessarily. I mean he's been so dominant in twelve, really, really dominant in twenty eighteen. Solid still last year, even with the propensity of giving up a few more home runs. But I just don't see how he's going to increase his value. So I would say if you get the right trade for Hater, you do pull the trigger. But, again, it would have to be really good. We're not just throwing him away for nothing. We're not trading him just to trade him because I still think he's going to be really good next season. Um, but I just don't know how he increases his value any more than he's, he's currently at. But w- would Jeff McNeil be a good enough headliner, in your opinion? No. No. Yeah. And I think – my take on it is that the brewer, I think Josh Hader's value probably couldn't get any higher than what it is. So it'd be smart to take a huge haul if we can get it. But I do think it will stay pretty significant still and pretty steady at least for the next couple of years. So I think my take on it is the brewers could keep them for the next two to three plus years and trade them in a trade deadline and still get a Jeff McNeil quality player as a headline for them. So why not do that? Um, even if we had to pay him a little bit more, we're not paying anyone else. So why not pay the best reliever in baseball? And even though he's getting arbitration the next four years, pay the man. And then when it's time, when it looks like one season we're not contending and they still have high value, trade them for the biggest haul you can. Uh, with that being said, I agree with you guys. Keep a completely open mind. If anyone blows you away, don't hesitate to trade them at any point from this point forward. Because that's yep, what a small market team would probably have to do. So. No, I, I think we agree on that. I, Makes you know, sense. When I say look into trading him, I think I think we're all on the same page. Just you got to be blown away. Um, 
I'm not saying that. And there, I mean, the bottom line is, but I'm, talk, I'm talking some about point. somebody like Gavin Lux. You know, I'm talking about somebody who's a huge name. So. Yeah, no, I agree. No, that would be a great name to come back and use, you know, Kenosha roots and everything. Um, but so far, um, I don't think that's being offered. So we'll see. Right. But no, it's been a really exciting couple of weeks as a Burke fan. I mean, the hot stove season could not have been on more fire. I wasn't expecting there to be a signing on an almost daily basis. <laughs> yeah, so, and I mean, we didn't even talk about the Brewers bringing back Keon Broxton. We didn't talk about some of the other more minor moves that the team has made, um, at least much, uh, in the last few podcasts, just because there's been so much to get through. But um, hopefully we'll get a chance to delve into that a little bit more in the, in the next few weeks, though I'm not – uh, again, I'm not thinking that we're done by any stretch, so I, I'm anticipating that there's going to be a, a few more uh, interesting tidbits that we'll be discussing in you know our future podcast after the next podcast, which is going to be Scott Saving Christmas, of course. Yeah, and I know we're probably running out of time, and but we don't we have time to argue about Brett Anderson for a couple more minutes at least, Scott. No, <laughs> like, I, was, I was gonna say I was gonna throw one more thing out there for argument point. Would either of you guys prefer, if it was the exact same amount of money uh, for one season for just 20 would you either guys prefer to have Jimmy Nelson on the Brewers or Brett Anderson on the Brewers in 2020? Uh, you and I are going to disagree, Craig. I go Anderson. I think Nelson is done, and I hope I'm wrong. But I, I think that Nelson's a good guy. I'm sure he worked very hard in his rehab, but I think that injury has just really messed him up. And uh, you know, both physically and, and maybe even mentally. I think that he admitted as much last year in a couple of interviews, and I just don't know what it's going to take to get Jimmy Nelson back to even halfway of what he was in 2017 when he was our ace um, when he went down with that injury. So I, I hope I'm wrong just for Jimmy's sake, and I do like him, but I, I, I honestly, I'd rather have Anderson next season. Um, I'd rather have Anderson, but um... – I I don't see why we can't. Well, I, I wouldn't mind having Jimmy Nelson back on like a minor league deal. I don't know that he's willing to do that necessarily, but I think uh, um, I, I want to give the guy a shot. I mean, he's he, much like Sogard. He's just a guy that you just root for. Um, you really want him to succeed. And, and I, I really hope that uh, I really hope he's able to, to come back from this. Yeah. Scott, I, I, you know, if you're, I, I don't think that, I don't think that Anderson being signed is, you know, precludes Jimmy Nelson from being signed. And again, given a minor league deal, if he's willing to accept it. So, you know, I don't know many teams that are going to give him a major league starting rotation slot at this point. So I think any offer that he gets is probably going to be, you know, a minor league offer with an invitation to spring training and a chance to work his way into that starting rotation. And I think he's still got some work to do. I mean, he got hit pretty hard even in San Antonio last year um, when he was reassigned to the minors. Yeah, and he still remains unsigned. So um, hopefully he signs with the team because he was at such his peak um, when he went down, um, and that that's what makes it so devastating for the actual player. So you got to wish him the best of luck. But as far as both of your guys' answer being concerned, though, um, Scott, my response to that would be: Do you have that? Can your interns quick cue up that clip from uh, National Lampoon's Vacation where Chevy Chase turned to his family? And said that you're all effed in the head. <laughs> no, I don't think I'm <laughs> I, I don't think I'm allowed to play that. But no, I mean, wouldn't a more fair comparison though be um, we were probably looking at bringing Gio Gonzalez back for a third time, and right, you know, we saw where the market was. We're like, well, what the hell? Let's just sign Brett Anderson for you know significantly less. We'll probably be able to get the same out of him. So I mean, I hope that 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 happens, but I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah. Well, anyway, I, I it just seemed like Stearns did all of his shopping at like the dollar store, and, I, and my my thought was that we do most of our shopping at the dollar store, but then be able to like run over to Target and get somewhat of a decent piece, hopefully for the rotation. But apparently, we got all of our stuff at the dollar this, store, and then went out back to the dumpster and found Brett Anderson there. So whatever. Is this don't, where we're don't, going? Don't. Our, our top of the brand ladder is Target now. I mean, we yeah, I was gonna say maybe we, we should just avoid both of those stores and go to our own. Well, no, we can we just hit up just a Nordstrom? Anything? No, I think I think what David Stearns is doing is is crafting his own furniture like an expert wood like you know wood woodworker. So that's the real <laughs> comparison. 
like <laughs> master craftsman uh, like a master, carpenter master craftsman he doesn't want chinese built you know furniture like let's let's avoid all that i think he's he's creating a new template guys so you're well, comparing yeah, Stearns to a carpenter uh five days before the week christmas of cri- okay the week of christmas yeah all right. i mean that's what, we're, that's what we're saying man okay <laughs> I mean, you got to give him the benefit of the doubt. I mean, he's got he's managed to work miracles in his first Taking the Brewers to the postseason in two of his first, what, three and a half seasons is pretty impressive to me, guys. Kind of a miracle. We did we did all survive the 90s era of Brewers baseball, so I'm not used to all this success. It's great. Yeah. I guess Brian is going to be pitching – Game one of the world game one. Miller Park this year. It'll be awesome. Game one, man. Just like Wade Miley could have done it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up. Scott, everyone, have a happy holidays. If you don't hear from us before. No, Christmas, we're going to say Christmas, happy guys. Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy, happy uh, holidays. But we're going to say Christmas first. So, Scott, I'm sure you're coming up with your plans to – follow through on all the good work that you did in, in other years where you saved Christmas by feeding reindeer in downtown West Dallas and singing to elderly folks at one of the, our community's nursing facilities. So excited to see what you pull out of your, your bag of tricks this year, Scott. Very, yeah, we might excited. have to, yeah. um, we might have to follow or, or look to the star of David Stearns. Well, and, and really quick guys, <laughs> uh, we, we here at the Brook Review, uh, if you know, or if you listen to our show, you you know that several of us, there's uh, four of us that have been involved with the show, and uh, two of us don't live in the Milwaukee area anymore. We've had to unfortunately move away for various reasons over the past few years, but um, we are all excited to be together in person this week. Uh, so we are going to be posting our whereabouts on social media um, with some opportunities for you guys to come out and hang out with us a little bit. Scott, you've got some things that you'd like to throw out there for our fans? Uh, potentially, I am going to uh, leave this fairly thinly veiled for now. Uh, you will have to actually uh, be a follower uh, again at Brook Review One, and uh, maybe stay tuned. And uh, maybe since you know you probably have nothing better to do this week, <laughs> you'd probably want to uh, keep uh, keep an eye on that and see if uh, maybe we have something up our sleeve. There you go. All right, you heard it from the great one himself. Um, so I anyway, didn't hear anything. We'll, I didn't. I didn't say we'll anything. Hope, really, it was great. You should be in politics, yeah. But uh, no, we're looking forward to, to talking with some of our fans <laughs> this week and talking some more baseball in the in the upcoming weeks ahead. So um, that being said, we'll hopefully see the Brewers make some huge, big moves, adding to that Brett Anderson stability in the rotation, and uh, we'll go from there. But remember to stay classy, everybody. Go Brewers, guys. Go Brewers. That's it. Yeah. Go, go Brewers. Brewers. Nope, that's all I got. <laughs> that's, that's all you need. <laughs>